What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Another episode of Full Core Press brought to you by Geek Vibes Nation. I'm your host, Nick Smith, and joining me tonight is Jawan Carter. What up, Jawan? What's going on? Ready to talk some basketball. Yeah, dude. Like, it feels like forever since I've done a podcast where I got to talk about basketball. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed, indeed. It's it's been multiple hours of other stuff, which has been fun. Like, it's been great, but I've been... I've been hankering to get back to, to some good old NBA talk. Uh, and we'll be joined by Joel Jimenez whenever he decides to call in. Um, <laughs> we, were, we were actually talking pre-show. Like, you, like I, we should have played some, some odds, Jawan, whether he would make it before the start of the show, um, whether he would make it before we finish introductions, or whether it would be after introductions, and whoever picked after introductions this time would have won. <laughs> um, but uh, but we'll plug him in uh, when he does uh, get uh, get on. Uh, but until then, let's uh, let's recap uh, just fucking soap opera that's the Lakers, man. Like, so I'm just gonna run off like all the fucking Lakers news, like. I, I I feel so bad because it's it's like I don't want to talk about the Lakers. They're not going to make the playoffs at this point, and we should just treat them like every other team that's not going to make the playoffs at this point. Um, but to be fair, they're not every other team that's not going to make the playoffs at this point. Um, and there's just it, – it's like every day there's like something new. So, it, I mean, it's news. We do need to cover it. Um, so – it is what it is, man. But let's get into it. What we're gonna do? I'm gonna like throw out everything, and you, you know, I'll get it all out there, and then you can, um, like, kind of tell me what sticks out to you. So that way, we don't have to spend like an hour talking just about the Lakers. Um, so first things first, Brandon Ingram, he's out for the season uh, after be, being diagnosed with deep vein thrombosis in his right arm. Uh, this is similar to what ended Chris Bosch's career, um, as well as Toletovich, uh for uh, Milwaukee. Um, however, uh, it is slightly different than particularly Bosch. Um, they caught this really early, and you know, so basically, um, you know, he can go through the early stages of treatment. Uh, Bosch Bosch's was was much further along um was affecting blood flow to his heart which obviously is uh uh very important uh this is not nearly that far along so there there is very optimistic people out there um who who think this will be uh hopefully taken taken care of now and won't affect him uh you know long term throughout his career um or at the very least um like it won't affect his immediate career. Like it'll, it, you know, it, 
it, essentially if he gets another clot, um, you know, that's that's going to be, you know, something that they constantly have to monitor. But now that they know it's there, um, one would think they will monitor it. Um, and just, you know, I just want to say this because I think everybody's been shitting on the Lakers lately and for good reason i mean they're they're a fucking train wreck um but shout out to the lakers doctors um because i mean this was just like a like at at first just thought of like a routine shoulder injury and like somebody on that medical staff like was like this doesn't seem right like i feel like we need to test for some other stuff and when they did this is what came back um and so like shout out like to whoever or the staff in general, um, you know, the Lakers, you can say a lot of things about them, um, but they do take care of their players. Um, and that's, uh, it's just another example of that. So, um, I don't feel like they're getting enough credit for that, especially considering what this does to his trade value. Um, which unfortunately does a lot because I mean, it's a, it's a lingering question, when he looked like his trade value was hitting like a huge peak, um, it, it definitely does not serve the Lakers in any interest for um, for this diagnosis to, to be made um, or discovered or um, made public. So, you know, props to them for just doing the right thing in this, in this you know, situation and scenario. Um, you know, I mean, I, I feel like it's not a high bar because it's just, you know, the, the right thing to do. Um, but you know, there's, I feel like there's maybe not as many NBA teams, but a lot of professional, uh, teams and just businesses in general, um, that wouldn't see the situation in the same light. So, uh, props to them for that. Um, but, uh, you know, in addition to that, Lonzo ball, he's going to miss the remainder of the season, um, due to his prior ankle injury makes sense. I mean, they're, they're not competing. There's really no point in bringing it back at this point. Um, Kuzma continues to miss time due to his uh, right injury, uh, right ankle injury sprain. Um, I, I, no word on him, but I, I would imagine he'll be back, you know, this week at some point. Um, LeBron, he, they decided to put him on a minutes restriction, and he may possibly skip back-to-backs. Again, makes sense. Um, I, I will say this about that though, the, the, like Lakers, uh, or I guess more LeBron fans who are like basically saying, well, LeBron wants to play like, you know, this is, this is coming from up on high and, you know, I don't, LeBron's not going to like it. He wants to play blah, 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 blah. It's like, dude, like none of this gets out if it's not run through or run by LeBron. So like quit, quit, like. You know, like just let it go, man. It, it, it's, like, I, I don't feel like that many people are condemning him for it. There will be plenty who do, but I, I mean, even someone like me, it's like, dude, the season's over, so it doesn't matter. Like, yeah, put him on a minutes restriction. It just makes sense. Don't don't have him play back to backs. Like what? Like you, it doesn't make any sense to do it at this point. Um, but like, let's not act like. Um, the Lakers made this decision for LeBron. Like, I'm not saying LeBron went to the Lakers and said, look, this is what's going to happen. But, like, let's not pretend that if LeBron really wanted to play, that this this story would have never gotten out and it would have never been a thing. Um, he just would have played. 
So, um, so I mean, I feel like a lot of LeBron stands out there um, are trying to kind of sell that narrative, and I don't buy it for one second. Um, a report has also surfaced that the Lakers coaching staff urged Magic Johnson to keep Julius Randle and Brooke Lopez in the offseason. Um, this kind of feels like a I, I I believe it. I don't necess, I don't think it's not true um, because I feel like anybody I feel like anybody, uh, especially somebody who was like coaching that team and just like watches LeBron play, would be like, yeah, I think I think Brooke Lopez would like fit pretty well next to LeBron, um, and would probably also anybody who coached Julius Randle down the stretch of last season. Would be like, dude, no, I think this guy's like really good. Like, I think we should probably resign him. Um, and you know, I I think the the relationship had soured so much with Julius Randle at that point. Um, his agent uh, had, I think, publicly said that he didn't want to be in LA anymore um, after the season ended. Um, so, you know, I I don't think that was ever really in the cards. Um, but it makes total sense why you know they would they would want to have kept him and, and he's proved it um this this season. Um and then to top everything off, uh our good friend and um uh obviously regular on the show, Luke Alves pointed out to us today that through sixty six games this season, the Lakers are thirty and thirty six. They had the same record last year at this point in the season. Um that's unbelievable. <laughs> like that like <clears throat> say what you want <clears throat> about whether or not you had them as a playoff team or a potential contender or whatever. Most of us, other than Luke, had them as playoff teams. I remember kind of going back and forth about it and just inevitably, inevitably being like, I don't care if it's the Western Conference. They have LeBron James. Like, um, And this this core unit is better than, you know, what he had last year in Cleveland overall. Um, but I think, you know, whether it be the injury, whether it be, um, you know, them taking time to gel together and then having to figure things out without LeBron and then having to figure things out when LeBron came back, um, their schedule down the stretch, their schedule earlier in the season was much easier than it was than it has been down the stretch of the season. Um, but I don't think any of us I, – I don't think anybody predicted that they would have – the same record through 66 games as they did last season. Like that's just, that's baffling to me. Um, so, but out of all of these things, Juwan, um, pick any number you want, but like what stands out to you? The Lakers having the same record now that they did last year. Um, <laughs> and, and, it, yeah. and it mainly stands out because <clears throat> it just goes to show you how tough the West is. Um, all these teams yeah. that LeBron would have to play here and there, in the East, you're playing on a regular basis, the same way you play the Knicks or the Nets or the Hornets, um, except now everyone is a thousand times better <laughs> than those teams. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, that definitely stands out, uh, like I said, the most to me, because it's just one of those things where it's like you just – and I don't think anyone watches LeBron and thinks his game has declined. So you would think, okay, LeBron's still hanging on to his prime, Well, his defense has, but one could say he is not that interested in it because because of his offensive load. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, 
he's not like mellow to where you go. He just obviously doesn't want to try like at all. So it's just one of the things right. you just don't look for. LeBron would. would well, I don't know. I, I think he kind of is like mellow this season, though. Like I don't, I don't well, think that's that far fetched of a thing to say. Okay, well, I, I'm let let me speak more to his his resume. His resume would, okay. would show that he is interested in defense just when it truly matters, which is like playoffs. Sure. Um, right. So I do believe if the Lakers were in the playoffs, LeBron would play better defense. Maybe not 2011 defense, but just better than right. what he's doing, which is practically nothing. Um, right. We saw it last year in the playoffs to where – um, his defense wasn't that great, but come playoffs, like, he was guarding Oladipo. Like, he was guarding um, what you call DeMar DeRozan. Like, he was guarding some of the, the Eastern Conference best players in the playoffs. Um, so, it's sure. not like he he's completely given up the idea of it. I just think he was like, all right, I'm playing with kids now, and I have to do everything. So, there's no way you're getting 100 on offense and defense. You're just not. Sorry. Um, right. So, one could make that argument. Not saying that's the case, but you could make that argument. Um, yeah, but yeah it, it's it's one of those things where it's like you look before Christmas break, this team was was firing on all cylinders. Um, the locker room seemed to be together. The players seemed to all be together. The coaching, like, actually existed and, and mattered. Um, and then once LeBron's injury struck, then they started falling like dominoes. And then chemistry issues, guys taking sides. Beasley threatening the, to kill the coach. Not really, but um, <laughs> he just had a whole circuit. Um, so then they just went completely down from there. And, like, I think I said this before when we were talking about the, the idea of him not making the playoffs. It's a sad time when you have one of the best players on the planet still hanging on to his prime, not making the playoffs. Um, but, you know, it's the way the cookie crumbles in the West. Yeah. I mean, it really is. I think what stands out to me most out of all of this is, and I I, I get the like timing of it all, but the report that the the coaching staff like really wanted to keep Randall and and Lopez or and or Lopez, um, like the off season moves they made were just fucking terrible, man. Like, and we talked about it at the time, how like we didn't see how any of those moves made them better fit LeBron James or even their current roster. Um, they were just weird. And, like, everybody knew it. Like, everybody was looking at it like, this doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Like, why would you sign these guys? And, you know, here's the thing. Like, it, Brooke Lopez, I, like I said, Randall, I don't think it was going to come back. I mean, I, I just don't see that happening. Um, just because of – but, like, I will say this, a lot of that had to do with the way he was treated, um, you know, uh, throughout the last year of his contract and the way his minutes were managed and everything else. He was not happy there. Um, so you could also put some of that blame on the Lakers. Um, but uh, for certain, like, they should have brought back Brooke Lopez, like, especially given the deal that he signed in Milwaukee. Um, like, he, he could have been – instrumental to them making the playoffs this year um, would have been a perfect fit next to LeBron. Everybody knows LeBron likes stretch five. Like it's been a well-known thing for a long fucking time. Like remember when Kevin Love 
was like LeBron was like Ted last year, yeah, like Kevin's gonna play a lot of five first this year and then like reporters brought it up to Kevin Love and he was like, Oh, I am? <laughs> like Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, all right, yeah, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. I mean and and like people were even saying at the time, like like go back and talk to Chris Bosch. Like Chris Bosch was basically the same thing. Like he wasn't traditionally a five, but LeBron likes to have his four spacing fives. Um it helps him and for good reasons. The same reason that Brooke Lopez has helped Giannis so much. It just opens up the floor. Um, it makes passing easier. It makes getting to the lane easier. It makes all facets of the offensive game easier. Um, and, you know, I mean, it's just, it, it's just, duh, like that's what he would want. And for them to not recognize that and to, like, invest in not only, you know, not investing in a four-spacing five, but investing in, non-force spacing wings and guards um, with maybe an, an exception for Caldwell Pope because he's real streaky, but he can shoot. Um, but like Rondo's not known for for shooting, obviously. Um, Stevenson, not known for shooting. Michael Beasley is probably known best for just being a weirdo. Like uh, definitely not known for a shooting. Um like none of these signings really made a whole lot of sense. And then, you know, to to turn around at the end of the season and trade Zubats for fucking Mike Mascala? Like what? It made no fucking sense. Like it's like so you you finally realize that you would like to have a five who stretches the floor. So you trade your young five whose cap hold is like $3 million this off season. You trade him um, who you you have, you have restricted free agent rights. You can match whatever offer somebody else sends, Um, and you, you just give up on him to rent Mascala for the rest of the year. Cause you're not bringing back Mascala. We all know this. So it didn't make any fucking sense. And Zubat is just a better player. Um, so it was like, you already kind of committed to not having that. It made no sense at that point in time to be like, oh, well, you know, shit, we really need to get a stretch five at the trade deadline because um, we fucked up not getting Brooke Lopez. And it's just like, dude, well, Mike Mascala was not the dude. Um, you know, maybe you should have fucking ponied up and, and traded for, like, Nikola Mirotic or something um, because that, like, that made no fucking sense whatsoever at all. Um so yeah, it just it just seems like the the roster construction um, has been terrible uh, this whole off season, which kind of leads me to my next question: What do you think the Lakers should do this off season? I mean, and let me let me line this up a little bit. They're not getting Katie. They're not getting Kawhi. They're not getting Kyrie. I don't give a fuck what people say about him calling LeBron and apologizing. That's not going to fucking happen. He's not going to go um, team back up with LeBron. He's going to stay stay in Boston or my bet son joining KD in New York. Um, you know, it, it, especially, it, you know, the way their friendship looks from the outside looking in, um, it, it, it seems like they're really good friends. Uh, and so, like, I would think he would rather go play with somebody who's his really good friend who he doesn't have a bad experience 
like bad path with um, then go team up with LeBron who's like aging and a lot of people are questioning whether he's really the best player in the NBA anymore. Um, so they're not getting Kyrie. Um, so they're not getting any of the big name free agents this off season, which leaves three max players that I think they could potentially get. Um, one, Kimball Walker, two, Jimmy Butler, and three, DeMarcus Cousins. Um, none of those names sound great to me. Um, I, I had talked myself into Kimball Walker, but the more I thought about it, it's like, if you sign Kimball Walker to a max deal, which I don't have a problem with that. Like, I don't have a problem with anybody signing Kimba to a max deal. Um, but if you sign Kimba Walker to a max deal – and then you trade away everything else you have to get Anthony Davis. And so, what, you're, you've got, you know, Kimba, you've got um, LeBron, and you've got Anthony Davis, and nothing else on that roster? You're not winning. You're not going to win a championship. I don't care how good that big three is. You're not going to fucking win if you have absolutely no depth. It's the same reason why when people say the Knicks, if they get Zion, they should package Zion and other young pieces for Anthony Davis to pair Anthony Davis with Katie and Kyrie. And I'm just sitting there like, no, you fucking shouldn't. And it's not just because Zion has this remarkable potential. I mean, that's a part of it, but another big part of it is you're still going to need guys like Lonzo Trier and, you know, maybe even Kevin Knox or Mitchell Robinson to protect the rim. Um, Zion to do Zion things. Like you need depth. You're like, most teams don't operate well without any depth. The Warriors are a fucking anomaly. Like, and it's just because their starting five is so fucking good. Or really, they're, they're, they're four main players. Um, their death lineup is so fucking good. Um, but, like, I, I just wonder what it is that you do. Like, what would you do at this point if you're the Lakers? Like, would you be looking to sign one of those second tier max guys um you know or 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 what like what else do you do well to be completely honest with you <clears throat> i never I, let me not say never i never would have really thought of this so i heard jeff van gundy say it um yeah. and i think he's absolutely right everyone said he was an idiot including the the guys on the panel with him i think he was a genius and i think if you're the lakers you do it you trade LeBron James. You have clearly shown that not only are you not all together in management, because it seems like it's Palenka, Magic, and then on the other side, Genie. They do not seem to all be clicking on the same cylinder. And I'm not saying that there's tension or they don't like each other. I'm just saying it seems like two sides are moving, and then the other side is just signing checks, um, which is never a good thing necessarily. Um, right. I think you. I think you trade LeBron, and and the main reason why is, um, I think again you're probably gonna have to let go of Luke Walton, regardless if you trade LeBron or not. Um, you're just gonna have to because if you're gonna keep those young kids, it needs to be a fresh face in there uh, running that organization. Um, See, I think if you move being, LeBron, maybe you don't have to, but I don't think Magic. I think Luke's the fall guy no matter what. I agree with you in that right. sense. Whether it's right or wrong, right. I just think that's the way it is. Right. I, I told you before, I don't I don't have any issues with Luke as a head coach. I just never thought Luke could coach a LeBron-led team. 
Um, Luke right. is the kind of guy you want to build from the basement up. He's not a guy you want yeah. to build such a um, uh, an ego-driven team. Like, you don't want him doing yeah. that. You want him developing guys, building relationships. Because he's not, you know, he's not super old. So, like, Luke Walton still kind of no, gets I mean, he was, these young kids. He was literally drafted in the same class as LeBron James. So, like, right. so, to put things yeah, in perspective. That was, right. That was never going to really, really, truly work out. I mean, how long did it take LeBron to, to respect um, Eric Spolstra? I think it took him maybe, what, his second or third year being there? Um, it, it, no, it, I mean. It wasn't going to work. Oh, to respect yeah, him. Uh, yeah, to probably. Respect him, yeah, yeah, to respect I mean, him. at least his second, yeah. Yeah, because he was still trying to get Pat Riley to come downstairs. Um, right. But yeah, I, I would I would trade LeBron, and I'm going to show my bias here, in 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 this uh, in I don't want to say mock trade or whatever, but in this concept, if the Knicks don't get Kyrie or Kevin Durant, I 100% am calling Lakers and seeing about a possible trade to lure LeBron over um, and then use whatever remaining space I have, depending on what pieces I have to give up. If I get a number one overall pick, I would have to think very hard about, do I want to trade that for a 34-year-old LeBron James? But no, you if don't. I do trade it, I don't necessarily, but here's my question to you. No, you don't. Let's say, hold on, hold on. Let's if say you get a number two pick, then it's, then it's, a, then, then it's a question. If you That's get Zion Williamson, not a question. You moved too ahead of me. I was going to say, if you're the Knicks, knowing our luck, we'll probably get either the second or the third pick. LeBron James at 34, I still would put money on than whatever R.J. Barrett's going to be, than whatever that kid's going to be. And I sure. do think that that kid has a very high ceiling. But LeBron yep. right now, He's if you don't have to get rid of – A lot of comps to Andrew Wiggins right now. Right, right, right. Um, I look so, at it and yeah, I say, yeah. if you can keep some of those young pieces that you have on that Knicks roster, like you don't have to completely decimate it to get LeBron. And you can just really sell that second or third pick. I would do it. But, again, if I'm the Lakers, I'm looking at myself and I'm going, if teams are looking at how we just completely ran a season with LeBron James, a lot of these players are going to go, ah, I don't know. And I think Knicks, the story of a lot of these guys are no one wants to play in LeBron's shadow. Like, honestly, no one right. really does. And to be honest with you, no one really wants to play under KD's shadow. Like, you've only heard Kyrie talking about being interested in playing with Kevin Durant. I haven't really heard anyone else, like, being that close to want to, like, yeah, let's I mean, go team up and go, go to the Knicks. Yeah. I mean, Kimba's, Kimba's been linked, but only because of the – he grew up, like, the – the, the home home hometown right, team the home team. Like right. I, I haven't and heard I his think, name linked to Kevin Durant at all. I think that situation would be more so the same situation Steph and Clay are in, in the sense of well, we're not going to tell the team not to get Durant, but like we were pretty good like with without him. Like I don't necessarily don't not want him here, but I wasn't the one who was in the car crying calling him like like my man Draymond. Um, so I think players would be happy to play with Durant because he makes things easier for you. But I don't think anyone's going out of their way to want to play with Durant. So if you're the Lakers, you kind of go, all right, well, what else can I savage? You brought up Kimba. You brought up DeMarcus Cousins. If you're able to trade LeBron and you can keep Lonzo, Ingram, Kuzma, and then you can try to shore that up with maybe the number two or the number three pick or whatever, whatever you get from the team you're trading him for, 
and you can mm-hmm. um, you can kind of lock up. Let's say you trade Lonzo because I, I do think that relationship like is something Magic might possibly want to move on from. You trade Lonzo, you get Kimba, you have um, Ingram, Kuzma, and then you can sure it up with getting Demarcus Cousins. That to me is is a reasonable future for the Lakers to have going forward. That's a lot better than you trying to stab, you know, uh, you know, get rid of everything just to pair LeBron up with AD. And then, like you said, you don't really have anything else. So it's like you got a really tough decision to make. And I think LeBron's at this point to where I hate to, because I hate when Skip says this because it's so disrespectful, but instead of chasing Michael Jeffrey Jordan, LeBron seems to be in L.A. to chase Michael B. Jordan. So it's the thing of I don't think basketball is as important to him now as it might have been a year, two, three, four years ago. Um, so I, to me, if I'm LeBron and the Knicks are a possibility, I'd rather go there um, because that city will completely embrace me. Like, I don't have to worry about people saying, you'll never be Carmelo, you'll never be Patrick Ewing, right. you'll never be Chris Stops. Like, sure. no, one, no one's saying that there in the garden. We're welcoming you with open No. Um, Very true. So, now, let me ask you this. If you're Lakers yeah. management, would you just, for reputation's sake, would you clear this move with LeBron? You don't have to, obviously, but would you? For reputation's sake, I would say no, only, only because LeBron has stressed it so many times in the media saying, when the organization wants to trade you, it's business, but if I, as a player, want to leave, it's a huge issue. So he gets it's a business. You understand that it's a business. Yeah. You wanted to come here just as much as we wanted you, but it didn't work. It just it didn't, didn't work. It doesn't matter yeah. why. does not matter why. You came here, and you being here created such a circus, it made it almost impossible to do anything but the most important thing, and that's winning basketball games. That will not change next year because if you strike out in free agency, it's going to be even worse next year than it was uh, after this whole Anthony Davis debacle that they went through. So to me, yes, as like maybe a polite thing to do, but I don't need to do it. And if the Knicks call draft night and they're like, listen, we're sitting on number two and number three, give us LeBron and we'll give you like Trier, the pick, and maybe something else. I am 100% entertaining that idea because I think the Knicks are the only team I make that trade with because it's the only place it seems like LeBron would be willing to go to that he could kind of make his own and still have the, the bright lights that L.A. brings, but now in the mecca yeah. of Madison Square Garden. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the, the tricky thing here is if you're New York, you're not going to do that on draft night because you're still – you haven't really hit free agency yet. So you're only going to do that if you strike out during free agency um, because you're going to obviously prefer to get Kevin Durant because that probably means you're getting somebody else, um, whether it's Kyrie or Kimba or whatever. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't expect anything like that to happen on draft night, but your, your point still stands the reason if you miss, uh, if you inevitably miss on KD and Kyrie and any other big-name free agent, maybe then you're like, and you, you're sitting there having drafted R.J. Barrett, maybe at that point you're like, Yo, would you would you rather have RJ Barrett and just build with like this young core that you have? I mean, it's worth it's worth the question. I still don't think yes. LA would do it. I'm not saying that you're necessarily wrong in saying that's what they should do. Um, 
I, I don't know if the Knicks would necessarily do it. I, and again, I'm not saying that you're right or wrong as to whether they should do that or not either. Um, because you're dealing with two different franchises. The Knicks, like, if, if, if we'll put it this way, if LeBron had joined the Knicks this offseason and they barely missed the playoffs, it would be like, man, we just need to get him some help. Like, he didn't have any help. Like, we need to get him some help. And, you know, we'll get a free agent this offseason, hopefully, or, or KP will be back and blah, 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 blah. Um, but having gone out to the Lakers and, like, been this bad, um, it, it's the, the whole context of it all is different because with, when you're playing for the L.A. Lakers, it's championship or bust. Um, that, that same level of pressure um, is not necessarily on the Knicks because they haven't won one in so long. Um, Joel is here. What's up, Joel? Hey, what's up? Uh, my bad. I was, I was legit like building something outside. I, was, uh, I, I lost track of time. <laughs> You were building something outside? What the fuck are you building? I was assembling a shed. Uh, uh, we have one of those mobile sheds. So I was, I was building one outside, and I could I lost track of time. Yeah. I came inside. I'm like, oh, okay. shit, it's almost 7.30. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no worries, man. Uh, it's, it's, it's daylight savings time, man. It's fucking you up. <laughs> yeah, it messed me up. I uh, swear to God. My clock yeah. still says 6 o'clock upstairs, yo. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, all of my clocks do too. The one in my car, like, uh, luckily, like, phones change <laughs> automatically. Otherwise, we'd all be fucked. Yeah, um, that's for sure. But anyway, all right, let's get into it. Uh, Austin and Lakers, what do you see them doing? I, I mean, I went over some of the big-name free agents with Juwan that I just don't feel like are in play for the Lakers. You know, Kyrie, um, KD, Kawhi. I don't think any of those guys are, are, are really entertaining going to the Lakers. I think Clay Thompson's going to stay put. I think that pretty much leaves you at that point with maybe Kemba Walker, uh, DeMarcus Cousins, or Jimmy Butler. Um, and it's just, you know, if, you're, if your optimal goal is to trade for Anthony Davis, if that's what you really want to do, um, signing any one of those guys and then trading away everybody else um, for Anthony Davis uh, or whatever it would take to get Anthony Davis, um, I don't feel like you got enough of a team there to win a championship at that point, even if KD leaves. Like you're telling me, like, a team like LeBron at 35 years old um, and then Jimmy Butler is getting up there, Kimba's great, but, like, man, he's not, not a defensive player. Anthony Davis is fucking fantastic. We all know this. But if you've only got those three guys and then you got, what, that minimum throughout the rest of the roster, you use a room-level exception to bring in one dude who makes $4.5 million, um, I don't think that's getting you past the, the a team like OKC or the fucking uh, Rockets, like teams that have fucking depth. Um, that have built their teams over the course of several years and have used various exceptions and different things to add to their team, um, I just think it would be really fucking difficult. And I don't know. Like Clearly, if you can get KD, you do it. If you can get Kawhi, you do it. Um, but when you start getting into those Kimba, Jimmy Butler, DeMarcus Cousins names, I, I don't know if that's the route that you should take. 
obviously Jawan was saying trade LeBron. What's your thoughts on here? What do you think? Like, if you're in charge of the Lakers, what do you do this off season? It, let, let, well, let me obviously, what do you do if oh. you can't get one of those top free agents? Like, if you can't get KD, you can't get Kawhi, you can't get Kyrie, mm-hmm. what do you do? Mm-hmm. Well, you obviously um, you sell the team and send uh, to a team that's going to send them back to Minneapolis. So they become the Minneapolis huh. Lakers and leave the only winning team in L.A., the Clippers. <clears throat> I think that's the best thing for the Lakers <laughs> to do going forward. Uh, make it a Clipper town and go forward uh, just like that. Um, but, no, I don't. I don't fucking know. They're, they, if they don't get their, who they need to get, they probably might as well trade uh, LeBron. What's the point at that point? What are you doing? What are you, if you don't feel like you can get anybody to play with LeBron James, you failed. <laughs> like, like, That's true. You, you, would have to trade, you would have to trade for someone. And if, if they're going to fuck with you like they fucked with you, they, you know, this year uh, during the trade deadline, like <clears> – <throat> It's going to be one of those, like, what are you doing to yourself? You're just, you, you can't get, you've given up your future for a guy that's 35. He has, he's looked good this year, but he's been injured. And there's a good chance he might get injured next year too. Because guess what? He's not getting younger. I mean, that's just, right. that's just, you know, that's, that's why I wouldn't trade for him. <laughs> I wouldn't trade for him. Um, I'm yeah. done. You know, like he's, he's in L.A. Leave him in L.A. to rock. That's where he wanted to be. That's where he wants to be. <laughs> I don't care. Leave him there. Um, that's, that's fine with me. Um, uh, I, yeah, they have to. If they can't get a big name, which I don't think they'll get Kyrie, I don't think they'll get KD. They can't get Clay. They can't get like that. Jimmy's no. good, but it, you know something like that. He's they he's the something. guy you could get. I actually think out yeah. of all the names, Jimmy. Because here's the thing, Kimba. They're going to offer him a five year max deal in Charlotte. If if you're Kimba, and that may be a super right. max depending on whether or not he makes um, an All NBA team, which he probably fucking should make an all-NBA team uh, as well as probably he's been playing. Um, <clears throat> third team, but still. Um, but uh, Jimmy Butler is like the one guy because I don't think the yeah, Sixers want to give him a four- or five-year max. I think they would give him a max, but I think they're looking more two or three years because um, yeah. they don't want to have be locked up with him long-term and then have to pay Ben Simmons next year and they're going to also have to pay Tobias Harris this offseason. Now you're, you're getting into crazy luxury tax numbers. I don't think they want to do that. I think if I'm Philly, I'm comfortable with offering Jimmy a three-year max with a player option on the third year. Um, and that's it. I ain't going any higher than that. Yeah, so that would if that's the case, the Lakers mm-hmm. could conceivably say, we'll give you four years with a player option on the fourth year. Um, but I don't, I don't think that's the right move for the Lakers. First of all, I think your locker room's already kind of in flux. You, you want to add Jimmy Butler to that mix? I don't know about yeah, that. Yeah, boy. <laughs> and <laughs> what do you think Jimmy Butler's gonna fucking say the first time LeBron doesn't fucking close out on a defensive play? Yeah, that's a good point. He'd probably push <laughs> yeah. him. <laughs> I think he might do a little bit more than that. Like I'm just saying, push um, smack the back of his head, bitch. Something like I mean, I think he would say something. I don't think he, that's the thing. Jimmy Butler, like all those young guys in L.A., they, they, and maybe it would be nice to have a guy who would say something to him. I don't know if Jimmy Butler's no. the guy you want 
saying something to him, though. Um, Bro, it's going to be either Jimmy or Kemba at this point, you think, right? That's that's what you're leaning towards? I think those are, uh, I think those are the only two names that you could get. Realistically? Or DeMarcus right. Cousins, but I ain't paying. Right. The, I don't no, want DeMarcus no, Cousins. Not, Look, that's the weak spot right now on the Warriors. I mean, they're imploding. Right. <laughs> it's like yeah. he's the he's, yeah, they, exactly. they attack DeMarcus, you know. Um, right. And, and I don't know if it's because he's and, not a – And uh, you, you still want to trade for Anthony Davis. So, like, what's the point right. of signing DeMarcus right, Cousins right. and then trading for Anthony – like, what are you going to run, like, those three dudes <laughs> as your three, four, and five and then have nobody at the one and two? Like, that doesn't make any fucking sense. Well, my thing is if if – I think a lot of it really depends on Kyrie. Like, if Kyrie leaves Boston, then you have your chance at Anthony Davis. I mean, the Lakers could still give them a better offer than right. than what – I mean, Boston's not going to give you Tatum now. <laughs> like, they're right. not. But, so it's like, but, of course, there's the Ingram injury now, and that's – No, that hurts, that, yeah. That really hurts. And yeah. uh, something I didn't yeah. mention earlier, because we did mention that earlier, something I didn't mention earlier, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Miami was – actually able to kind of get out of the contract to Bosch because of the insurance insurance clause. Fucking L.A. can't get that because they know this before he's locked into his contract. Um, So Mm -hmm. I feel like the only way you could get around that is doing a Joel Embiid-style contract. Um, Mm -hmm. But that still takes a lot of negotiation. There's a lot of fine print that has to be worked out. That is an additional headache. And you're still not, you're not, like, even if Embiid goes down and he can't play ever again, like, Philly still isn't, like, just free from that contract. They just pay him less than they would have if he was playing. Um, right. So, right, right, right. like, it's a big difference. Um, so, you know, there's that as well that I think could be a factor. Um, but, yeah, but, no, I mean, I agree with you ultimately. I feel like if Boston, if Boston doesn't keep Kyrie – that totally opens the door there for Anthony Davis. So um, yeah, that helps the Lakers. So, so yeah. yeah, yeah, very much so. Okay, well, here's my thing. I would be all about going out and getting Jimmy Butler or Kimball Walker if I was just adding them to my already built roster. But I'm not. Like I, my ultimate goal here is to trade for Anthony Davis, and if I add just one of those guys and then trade away all my fucking youth and depth for Anthony Davis, then I have no fucking team. I have three guys who are really good and nobody else around them. And sure, that worked mm-hmm. uh, you know, for Miami, um, kind of, and it, it, it worked to a certain point and when LeBron was playing at a whole other level. And, but they still had some guys there, and then they were able to add guys you know, along the way to, so that they could be better. Um, the Lakers aren't in that same kind of position. Um, and the Lakers, like the Heat were able to bring in all those guys via free agency. The Lakers would be trading away everybody to get Anthony Davis, presumably. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's my thing. Yeah, this is, and this, yeah. is, this, is, this is literally what I would do if I was the Lakers. Um, everybody is going to be out there trying to sign um, – KD, Kyrie, all these big names. You know you're not going to get any of these guys. So the other team that's weird to say. Though, right? are going to be trying to get. They're going to uh-huh. be trying to get Jimmy Butler or uh, mm-hmm. um, Kimball Walker or Tobias Harris mm-hmm. or like any of these other guys, right? I say fuck all that, man. 
You know what Uh-oh. I would do? If you could, you no. have $38 million in cap space for one guy. If you spread that out over four guys, that ups up to $42 million because of the way that cap holds work. And if you spread it out over more players, you actually have more cap space. I would go out and use my $42 million spread over four players and get defensive-minded players who can hit three-pointers. Like, that's what I would do. I'd go get Patrick Beverly. I would go get Danny Green. I would go get Trevor Ariza or Terrence Ross one or the other. Ariza scares me a little mm-hmm. bit because he's kind of old, but he's a better defender mm-hmm. than Terrence Ross, but Terrence Ross can drop threes. Right. So, like, one of those two guys. And then I get Dwayne Dedman. Um, I, I would want to get Brooke Lopez, but I don't think he – I think Milwaukee – I think Milwaukee's going to be able to keep him. Dwayne Dedman can hit yeah, those threes. He's seven foot mm-hmm. one. He can rebound. He can block shots. He's fine I like as him. a center. Yeah, no, he's good. Like, I watch him a lot. He's – pretty fucking good um, that's what I would do that's exactly what I would do and then I would trade or try to trade for Anthony Davis um, because at that point if I trade for Anthony Davis and I trade away all my fucking youth I still got a starting lineup of Patrick Beverly fucking Danny Green we'll just say Trevor Reza or Terrence Ross whatever you want to call it uh, LeBron James and Anthony Davis that's a lineup that can win a championship. Any given year, if that team stays healthy, they can fucking win a ring if KD leaves. If KD stays, you're not winning anyway. Um, but that's what I would do. Like, literally, like, there's so many fucking really good free agents this year who aren't those max level guys. And here's the thing. If all of these guys, the longer they wait, the, the less money they're going to get. So if you, like, come out the gate and you sign these guys, like – they're going to be more willing to sign. You get them in two-year deals with a second-year team option or three-year deals with a third-year team option. I wouldn't be worried about one-year deals either. Like at this point, I'm worried about putting together a team that works around LeBron. Um, and I think that's the way to do it. And you know what? If, if let's say you miss on Anthony Davis, then, then I'm calling up Portland and saying, yo, I want Damian Lillard. Um, I'll give you everything I was going to give up for Anthony Davis. And then at that point, you got a starting lineup of Damian Lillard, Danny Green, Trevor Ariza, LeBron James, Dwayne Dedman, and Patrick Beverly coming off the bench. Like, you're still fine. Like, you're still going to be a contender with that lineup. If that doesn't work, I'm calling up Washington and saying, yo, I want Bradley Beal. I'll give you most of what we offer for Anthony Davis and Damian Lillard. And then you still got Beverly, Beal, Ariza, uh, LeBron, and Dwayne Dedman with fucking Danny Green coming off the bench. Like, any way you cut it, getting four, like, defensive-minded, $10 million a year guys is better at this point for the Lakers than throwing all of your money into one dude who has been trading away all your depths to get another one dude. That's not smart. It doesn't like, not to mention it, it. Like, like I said earlier, it would maybe be smart if it was, if we were talking one of those top three guys, we're not, we're, mm-hmm. we're talking the the second tier of guys. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's what I would be looking at doing. And there's plenty like, you know, those are the names that I picked because those are the ones that I kind of like the most. But there's a lot of names out there, man. Um, if, if you, you know, 
Say you can't get Patrick Beverly for the price you want. I mean, there's Darren Collison. There's Corey Joseph. There's um, uh, there's I know there's somebody else. Uh, Ricky Rubio. Um, not a great shooter, but he's a pretty decent defender. He's a great passer. Um, there, there's plenty of guys out there that you could get on reasonable deals. Um, uh, you know, for for the guard, for wing positions, uh, it, you know, there's Wayne Ellington. He's an unrestricted free agent. Rodney Hood, unrestricted free agent. Um, uh, like I said, Terrence Ross earlier. Um, there's there's a lot of of those guys that are like eight to ten million dollar guys that are out there and are available. Um, you know that that you could add to your team to actually make your team better and then make your team a contender via trade. Um, and you and and here's the thing: I don't really feel like you can do that the other way around, um, because there's not a good enough player out there for you to sign, and then for you to trade your young stars for supporting cast players. So just do it the other way around: sign your supporting cast because there's so many fucking free agents out there, and then go get your second superstar. And I think you could make a run doing it that way. I don't think that's what the Lakers will do, but I think that's what they should do. Um, anyway, that's my spiel on, I, like, I've given a lot of thought about it and I really think that would be the best play for him at this point. And I would just, dude, I would just love if there's ever been a point guard who would fit LeBron James, it's fucking Patrick Beverly. Like that, that dude, he plays great off ball. He fucking, he can hit three pointers. He's a defensive fucking bulldog. Um, and like he would, dude. He would just be the perfect complement to a LeBron James. Like, I, I really would love to see him play with him. And you know, guys like Danny Green, three and D, Trevor Reza, three and D. Like, if you put those kind of shooters slash defenders around him, um, like even if you don't get anybody in in, in trade in the trade market, you're gonna be a fucking playoff team. You're gonna be relevant. Um, and maybe. Maybe a trade – maybe you can't get any of those three names. Maybe a trade doesn't come around until later in the season. Um, you know, but that that's definitely the route that I would go. I just think that that would make more sense as long as you're smart so, about it. Um, so I'm not, so, not KCP, anyway. Lance Stevenson, and, and Michael Beasley. Right. Not, not them. Exactly. I'm, yeah, I'm just asking exactly. for a friend. Just, yeah, <laughs> just, just sign the right uh, lower-level free agents. And here's the other thing, too. I think, um, <laughs> obviously, what, what ultimately hurt him was the players they chose, but it didn't do him any, any fucking <laughs> favors that all these guys were one-year deals um, in the sense of no. they were all, like, playing for themselves, not playing for the team, playing for contracts, et cetera. Um, mm-hmm. Now, granted, you didn't want to sign any of those guys to multiple-year deals. Right. Nobody wanted you to sign them at all. Um, right. But, <laughs> but, right. but I don't think you – I don't think – I wouldn't go into this offseason thinking we have to get guys on one-year deals so we could still keep the option open to sign Anthony Davis in the offseason. Like, no, you can't wait that long, dude. Like, if, if you're not doing what Jawan thinks you should do and just fucking trade LeBron – you need to fucking go all in, sign guys that fit with LeBron, and then make a trade happen. If it's not Anthony Davis, Damian Lillard. If it's not Damian Lillard, Bradley Beal. If it's not Bradley Beal, keep going down the fucking list until you can find somebody who you can fucking acquire. Um, but I think you're going to have better odds doing that at this point 
um, then you're going to um, signing uh, a difference maker because there's not going to be a difference maker who's going to come. Because like I said, you can't there's, – there's not a guy who you could sign who would just fit. You know, you still got to make a trade, and then you got to give up all your depth, and does that make any sense? Uh, anyway, um, Jawan, what I mean, what do you think about that as a, as a counter to your um, trade LeBron, you know, scenario? Well, I don't disagree with anything that you uh, that you were saying. I mean, I, I think Joel said it before that uh, well, he said a lot with, with LeBron just staying in his own misery. But um, it, it's one of those things to where it's like you – and this is why me and you talked about, like, he just should have, like, held off a little bit. You went to the one city in basketball that if you do not get a championship your first year there a as a high-caliber player, it's nothing but a failure. Like, there's no right. excuses. I don't want to hear, oh, I was injured, team got it. Like, no one cares it. They already don't – they already matter. think you – Right, they already think you're there trying to be better than Kobe, and they don't like it. So you giving excuses right. doesn't help you. Um, yeah, just look at so, look at the golf clap they gave him when he passed Jordan on the scoring list. I mean, that right. was the yeah. fucking biggest yeah. celebration I've ever seen for something that yeah. as like monumentous as that. To be honest with you, Nick, I, I've spoken to a few few people that are uh, like Laker fans. And they're saying their biggest issue was they felt like he was coming here just for Hollywood, just for the idea of Hollywood yeah. coming just to do individual stats. The big part. Um, yeah. Since he's been just, – just as a heads up, and I'm not saying that if he was still in Cleveland, he wouldn't have still maybe done this. But since he's been in L.A., his name has been attached to everything except for basketball. He's, he's yeah. done uh, an album with 2 Chainz. He's gotten Space yeah. 2 going. He has a yeah. uh, a Jason Voorhees movie uh, that he that he's producing. That's right. Uh, I forgot about that. He has a that, new yeah. show on NBC. He has a new show on NBC. Yeah. He's done nothing but Hollywood since he's gotten it. Um, so if Space you're the one, you, and you, he has, a, you have and he to had go. the icing on the cake comment to you know top it all off. What? What was yeah. that? Well, him saying that he didn't need to prove anything in LA that anything after this. Part of his career is just icing on the cake. Like, that, LeBron, I'm LeBron sure that didn't sit right with LA fans. Like, what do you mean you got to prove anything, motherfucker? You better go win a championship. Like, yeah. Well, think about LA standards. Kobe left being his last game was dropping 61 points. Like that's that's the kind of 60. of high caliber like all in mentality that LA demands 60. from their star players. <laughs> And LeBron's just like, uh, I'm not doing none of that. Like, no, like <laughs> you guys get what I what I give you. But to, to your point, Nick, you have to go all in. You have to go all in. If that means going down the list till you find people that fit with with LeBron, that's what you do. But what you cannot do is have this roster looking anywhere near as similar as it does same right now next year heading into right. next year because yeah, you will lose year your I mean, entire fan base. I don't mean lose yeah. in the sense of they won't show up to games. I mean lose in the sense of these games will mean absolutely. Our fans, will, maybe not this year, but definitely the years um, to come before, fans will show up because it's the Mecca. Like if this was Charlotte and Charlotte was putting out what the Knicks did over the last three or four years, no one would yeah. show up to, to that stadium. Like no one. So you right. cannot afford to go into next year with any different. of these players looking exactly the way that they do now. Yeah. 
<laughs> no, you can't. And like that's the thing. Like that's what I'm saying. Like you you need to be fully committed to trading these young guys for you know another star. Um, yep. And of course, Anthony Davis is the guy you want because that's the guy who wants to be there. Um, but you know what? If Portland loses in the first round again, how hard do you think it's going to be to convince Damian Lillard? Like, yeah, I'm pretty much. Yep. You know, or you know, how hard do you think it would be to convince? How how hard do you think it would be to convince Bradley Beal? He didn't. You know, he likes Washington, but Mm. I know he doesn't like playing with John Wall. Um, Like, you know, there's there. There's guys out there that that aren't Anthony Davis that you could add, and if if you've already missed on Anthony Davis, you cannot wait a year and hope that you get him in free no. agency and hope he doesn't re-sign no. with his team. You need to you need to trade for a star player, and that's the thing. Those three guys are way better than anybody you're going to get in free agency. You could maybe have an argument between Beal and Butler, um, or Beal and and Kimba, but the simple fact is. Um, Beal is a very, much more seamless fit than either one of those guys um, because Beal's kind of a Clay Thompson-esque player. He could just fit on any team. Um, and uh, Dude, he's so good. And, and, yeah, like, I like him young. a lot. He's like 25, 26 years old. He's still mm-hmm. really young. And, like, you know, I mean, he, Butler's a little too old. Um you know, to be given a four-year max deal to and not have any space for anything else. Um, but, yeah, and like and, I said, like, I'm not worried about signing one-year deals because I'm not waiting until the following off. I don't care about my cap season, cap space the following off season because I'm going to have my team figured out next season. Um, and so, like, if I've got to give, you know, uh, you know, Patrick Beverly, you know, three years, um, $30 million, like, I don't care, fine. Like, let me get a team option on that third year, but, like, that's cool. Whatever. Like, I'm cool oh, with my that. God. Um, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so, no, I'm sorry. It's, it's not basketball. <laughs> I got breaking news, and I was like, it's not basketball news, though. <laughs> um, but, well, yeah, I, I so, anyway. Go ahead. The, the, no, the, the, biggest, the biggest thing going forward for the Lakers is you've now – muddy your relationship with Lonzo, Ingram, and Kuzma. So if next year Damian Lillard becomes unhappy around the trade deadline and Portland says, hey, best offer can get Damian Lillard, you would then have to put those same three guys up for for trade. So you would then, and what you couldn't afford to do is not be able to get Lillard and put those three guys' names in, in well, trades again. Go ahead, I'm sorry. I was just gonna say, and and the other thing you got to keep in mind is next year's uh, Brandon Ing- Ingram's last year of his rookie contract. So you you know right. you don't trade him next year, you can't trade him, and you got to resign <laughs> him and then go through all of that. So like yeah, I mean next year's it. Like you got to do everything next year. Um, and I don't see any way to create a contender without first signing role players and then using your young assets to get a star. That's got to be your MO. That's got to be what you're doing. Um, and if Magic Johnson and Rob Blink are smart, that's what they'll look at doing and make sure they sign the right fucking role players. Defense, defensive-minded, like, like headstrong dudes is not bad. They just got to be able to shoot. Like, I, I never, like, took umbrage with them wanting, you know, smarter players, more defensive-minded players, although, like, 
everybody always overrates Rondo's defense. It's like people remember Rondo as a good defender from like seven years ago, and they're like, oh, he's a good defender. It's like, no, he's not. He's not anywhere close to good anymore. Um, but like, you know, like, so, but Patrick Beverly is. Danny Green is. Yes, these guys are older, and yes, traditionally, like, signing, like, old dudes, like, getting a bunch of old dudes on a roster isn't necessarily the best idea. Um, but I don't see what other option you have right now. Um, and I would rather have Danny Green at 32 years old than I would Rodney Hood at 24 um, or, you know, whatever the comps are. Um, the only one that I'm really kind of skeptical about it is, is a reason. Because um, he's going to be 34 that's a little old. I'd probably rather have Terrence Ross at like 28. Um, but you know, I don't know. Terrence Ross might get a bigger contract than what I'm, what I have in my head as far as splitting up that money for four guys. Um, so, you know, there's that as well, but that's what they should do. That's definitely what they should do. If they can pull that off. Wow. Um, I, I really do. I think, I think the main cogs in that are definitely, um, Patrick Beverly and Danny Green, though. Like, if you can secure that as your backcourt, no matter what, um, and maybe one of those guys is coming off the bench when all, all things are said and done, um, or maybe they're both starting or whatever, um, that's gonna, that is going to be a really good defensive backcourt who can fucking hit threes. And, like, if you're LeBron James, like, that's exactly what you fucking need. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, after all that fucking talk about, you know, let's, let's like breeze through this so we don't talk about the Lakers for an hour. We just talked about the Lakers for an hour. Um, so <laughs> let's, let's please, let's try our best to like, just put our heads in the sand anytime Lakers news comes up again and not talk any more Lakers for the rest of this season. We'll, we'll just save it for the off season. Um, anyway, let's talk about some NBA fights, y'all. <laughs> Cause there was a few to choose from. Uh, so Serge Ibaka, well, we had one real fight, and then we had two stacks. Um, but uh, so Serge Ibaka, <laughs> he choked and swung on Marquise Chris <laughs> in a 126-121 loss to the Cavaliers. Um, that shit was like uh, – Serge Ibaka, man, I don't think you've ever landed a punch in your NBA career, man. You've gone after a lot of dudes, but you ain't never landed no fucking punches, man. Um He's got that fucking cooking show um, on YouTube. Like, that's cool and all. Like, I mean, it's, it's good to be able to cook. But if you're going to fight people, you need to fucking land some punches, brother. It's, like, it's, it's, a, it's a bad look. Um, it's um, what uh, was it? Uh, the boss move or uh, what's the other one? Uh, shit, I can't remember at this point. It's the opposite of a boss move. Uh, shout out to Jalen and Jacoby. Uh, so Russell Westbrook, he also had it out with uh, two Utah Jazz fans in a 98-89 win. Um, like he was shouting up there, like, I'm going to fuck you up, and I'm going to fuck your woman up or something like that. And apparently this dude was yelling some racist shit down on the court, reported as happening in Utah, which is fucking weird. I know, like, Utah is, like, predominantly white. But every Mormon I've ever known in my whole life has been, like, the nicest fucking person on the face of the earth. <laughs> and, like, Utah is, like, predominantly Mormon. So I don't I don't know what's going on there. But, like, the Utah fucking fan base definitely seems like one of the fucking worst fucking fan bases as far as how they treat opposing players. And, like, 
there's been several times over recent years where they they've had some racist shit coming out of that arena. Um, that's pretty fucked up. So, uh, yeah, fuck you, uh, particular Utah Jazz fan who is shouting racist shit. Um, and uh, James Dolan had it out with a New York Knicks fan. So a, a Knicks fan um, shouted at him he should sell the team. Uh, so apparently James Dolan responded by having him detained. Um, like, that's really – that's fucked up on a lot of levels. Um, and I – two things here. One, I need to take back everything that I said about James Dolan a couple weeks ago. And my – Lukewarm defense of James Dolan, um, you know, just I, I think I was caught in the moment of Robert Robert Sarver just being so fucking deplorable um, that I was like, you know, maybe James Dolan's not so bad. No, James Dolan's fucking uh, he, he he's he's sensitive, um, but you know what? There's a certain seven foot tall elite shooter. Um, out there in the NBA, you may have heard of him. Um, his name's Kevin. Uh, he's kind of sensitive too. Um, so maybe they're maybe they're a match made in heaven. Maybe maybe James Dolan is the perfect person to convince KD to come to New York because he can be like, man, nobody else knows how you got it. I always got these fucking fans yelling at me, and everyone's always saying all this shit, and you know, like. Like, I know exactly how you feel. And Kevin will be like, yeah, man, fuck all these people. And he'll be like, yeah, so come play in New York. And, you know, you'll be the richest NBA player uh, in the league with all your endorsements and everything else. Um, So, you know, maybe that'll all work out for them. Uh, Anyway, what stands out to you here, Joel? Oh, well, we're talking about Dolan, right? Is that what we're talking about? Uh, Just any of the fucking fights that have been going on, man. Anything you want to talk about. Oh, well, here's the thing. But if you want um, to focus on Dolan, well, sure. Well, I mean, I could talk about a little bit of all of them, because last night was a fucking full moon. I don't know. Something happened last night. <laughs> Everybody was a little out there. Um, but let, let me start with Dolan, and then we'll get to the fights, because those are not as important to me. Um, here's my thing with the Dolan thing. I'm not as upset by that. I know a lot of people were freaking out about it. No, uh, look, I, I, I look at it like this. It is. I, I don't think he. I think he went too far. I don't think he need to throw the guy out or, or like you know ban him or whatever the fuck it was. Um, well, he had him. I think that's a little. Uh, yeah, he had his exactly. hand removed, and now he. I don't yeah, think he can come back for the rest of the up. season. So, right, uh, and he. That's what, look, at the end of the day, he. Um, you know how he is. Like, he's a sensitive dude. Uh, we just lost the game. And then they start talking shit to him. Now, it, it wasn't that serious, but at the end of the day, he hears it all the time. And it, basically what you're saying is you're a bad owner. He knows he's, a, he's not a good owner, but no one likes to hear it. <laughs> so, it, you know, no one wants to hear that, like, all the time. And, like, the guy was there, said it out. Like, it was, it was loud enough to hear it because it was obviously not a lot of people talking. Um, and he took so – he, he was a little sensitive to it. And, he, you know. And the kid pays for it. A little extreme, yes. But at the same time, if you poke a bear and you know the the bear is a sensitive bear, um, um, (laughs) that's that's what's gonna happen. You know, I mean, that's why I don't. I'm not as upset about it because I'm like, why would you talk shit to a dude that you know? 
I'll kick down Charles Oakley, so he might kick your ass out, too. I don't even know you. So so basically what you're saying here is via, like, Pulp Fiction is, yeah, it it was just a fucking foot massage, but, like, motherfuckers should have known motherfucking better. (laughs) Right, <laughs> right, right. Exactly. I mean, I mean, I don't. I get it. I mean, he definitely went too far. But come on, this motherfucker, um, like, you, you poked the bear. I mean, that's what happens. And he's, and you know, right. if you know how he is, and there's a good chance he does. What did you expect yeah. him to do? <laughs> Walk away? <laughs> that's how he is. Well, okay. There you go. So, so this, so this is what I'm saying, though, right? Like, he and KD deserve each other. Am I wrong, dear? Um, yeah. <laughs> they can but all bitch about the media together. together. Yeah, because he's got you look, the most and he's gonna player in the NBA. You have the most sensitive player in the NBA and the most sensitive owner in the NBA. Like, perfect. Like, yeah. I really like. Yeah. I'm not like. I'm kind of being facetious right now, but like, you are. But I thought about I this where you're a, going. Little, a little bit today, but there's. There's a lot of truth in what I'm saying right now, and like I don't think it's that far fetched for like for Kevin Durant to look at James Dolan after what he's experienced and be like, man, this motherfucker gets me. Like he, like he's had to go through all the same shit as me. Everybody always shitting on him, the fucking media, and all these motherfuckers. Like I could see him actually fucking thinking that, or at least talking himself into it. Um, so like I don't know, I. I I think any notion that James Dolan will be um, like a a preventative uh, measure uh, as far as, you know, KD going there, not free agents in in particular, but just KD specifically, I think think it's just as likely, if not more likely, that KD would actually – it would be the opposite of that. And he'd just be like, I get this guy because he's had to fucking go through it too. Yeah. You know, and you know what the funny part is about that? Um, like you were just saying, Dolan will protect him from the media. He did it for Melo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He'll do it for Durant. You know, He'll definitely yeah. do it for him. Uh, and Kyrie, if they both come, he'll say, hey, 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 don't talk to my boys. Basically, he'll too. The media's not even going to be allowed in to talk to my guys. It's going to be just like that. He probably is the person you know what I just thought of? Because nobody likes the shit talk. What? Um... What if you guys get Kyrie, KD, and you get Mello on a vet minimum? Um, Would you be all right with that? Uh, get no? Mello? You just, would you say on get Mello for the minimum? Yeah. If it's for him That's to retire. <laughs> like, no, no, no. For like, it depends. For you guys with KD and Kyrie. And off the bench, if he wants to, I mean, I wouldn't be opposed yeah. to it. Yeah, if that's yeah, what he yeah, wants. Yeah. Like, I mean, at that point, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think he could say anything about his role. Like, I mean, you ain't getting any contracts, dude. But like, if you, if you would need the depth, um, and like, because you I mean you're gonna spend all your money on two guys, so you need the depth. And like, I don't know. I would just me personally, and I mean, you might take umbrage with this, but I would trust Melo shooting. 10 shots a game coming off the bench more than I would trust Knox just at this point right now. Like I would, I would think Mello would shoot a better percentage than Knox. Yeah, I don't disagree with that, but Knox is, is a growing budding star. Uh, Mello's the opposite. Is he? Uh, not the athleticism. Oh, look, now, now you're talking shit about Knox. 
And my boy's got some talent in there, all right? You want to come so I can say, look, he's a rookie. And I give him a chance, bro. That's some fucked up shit. Give him a chance to grow. 19-year-old kid, bro. Relax. I, I think I think it's I, – I wouldn't have taken umbrage if you had said he has potential. But you said he's a growing, budding star. Um, I think there's a difference between saying the kid has potential and saying he's a growing, budding star. That's all I'm saying. Um but uh, but no, you're right. He does have potential. He does have potential. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I don't know. Maybe you wouldn't want to take those minutes away from Knox, but uh, I don't know. I just I popped in my head. Well, we'll it, see. I'll worry about that if we get Durant, and of course, if we get sure. if we get them, everything that's a whole other ball game. <laughs> like yeah. that's a whole other ball. Absolutely. I'll be way more open to a lot more things. It would you know I mean? it would be beautiful though if you got them, and then like Melo came back and became like. You know, because he always loved James Dolan. Like, Melo and James Dolan are tight as shit. Like, they always got along great. Um, so, I mean, it'd be interesting now that Phil's not there anymore and everything else. Like, um, I don't know. Maybe you can work. Right. Uh, but uh, anyway, um, Jawan, uh, what kind of stands out to you um, with this, this Dolan thing or Russ uh, and the Utah fans or Ibaka and Chris, any of that? Well, I, I want to point out, too, because the Ibaka thing means, like, very little to me, mainly because if you can't handle a stare down in your, what, like, ninth, tenth year in the league uh, yeah, in, in a pointless game, and, and then mm-hmm. I don't know what he thinks intense playoff basketball is about to give him, but I don't think he's ready for it. Um, but yeah. I, I will say about the Russ and Dolan situation, the main reason why the Dolan situation upsets me um, and, and I get the point you you were making, uh, Joel. Of like, what did you think the guy you were <laughs> disrespecting was going to was going to do? I will say right. that fan, um, compared to what a lot of fans say about Dolan, um, especially screaming it <laughs> at the games, was, was easily nice. the most. Yeah, that was the most polite. <laughs> like, hey, Dolan, sell the team. Like, that, and he even yeah. said it like that. Like, hey, Dolan, sell the team. Like and and I'm really glad that the fan recorded it mainly because um, if if he is uh, fanned, I, I would take that to court. I, I honestly would. I honestly would. If I'm a diehard Knicks fan, because um, I'll say this: if the Knicks do anything in free agency or the draft, he picked the worst time, man, to, to get banned as a Knicks fan. Like maybe four years ago, to be like, all right, well, Knicks don't like anything. <laughs> but now we're like, we have year. a promise. Yeah, or last year. Right. Now it's like we have promise, man. You, you wasted that. Um, but no, no, it's just it, it, it's a little bothersome, mainly because uh, you see right after um, he says enjoy watching it from home, you, you have the security guard that's like detain him so we can get a photo, and it's like, dude, like he didn't try to kill Dolan or like you know say anything this like you know like yelling curse words at him or anything. Hey, Dolan, sell the team. Hey, Dolan, just so you know. Your own reporters, <laughs> everyone in New York wants you to sell the team, man, everyone. So it's like everyone's going to want to say that to you now. Um, but I, Yeah, I, I think it's completely... funny because when I was, like I said, when I was kind of like uh, like slightly defending him last week, I feel like maybe I even went in a little too hard on, on the defense of James Dolan um, last week. Uh, but like even still <laughs> – 
Like you were like, yeah, 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 but like seriously, he should sell the team. <laughs> like, yeah, 100%. like and, and like even team. even I was like, well, yeah, like I mean, duh, but <laughs> but yeah. So yeah, in general, my point being, like, literally, there is not one NBA fan that you would ask. Do you think James Dolan should sell the Knicks? There's nobody who would say no. <laughs> like no, yeah. no one, no one at all, no one at all. And honestly, I think basketball would be a lot better. Absolutely no distraction from the Knicks. Like, if they're playing bad, it's just because they're bad. Um, and it's not because, oh, this one was, was trying to make this happen or this player wants to leave because he feels uncomfortable because of management. Like, there would just be no, no distractions. Like, right ah. now, if not for this story, there would be no Knicks distractions. <laughs> like, the Knicks yeah. are, are doing everything that they're supposed to be doing right now, and that's losing games. They are but playing very competitive. That's that's all they are. Um, and, and as far as the they Russell are. Westbrook. That's true. Yeah. And as far as the Russell Westbrook situation, um, it, it, it's truly unfortunate. It, it really is. And I've been yeah. to a few Knicks games where, you know, he's trash, stuff like that. To me, that's fine. That that, that comes with the game. I mean, if you're a Knicks right. fan, you know that's what Spike Lee did the entire Especially night. Especially when they can't hear you. <laughs> right. When they exactly, can hear you. right. Right now it's crazy, yeah. girl, because in today's in like in today's time, the players are making sure like they get your attention. Then once you look at them, they're telling you like how they feel, and it's like before it would just be like the whole crowd is yelling, "I'm part of the crowd." Now it's like, no, 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 the whole crowd is quiet. I want you, right, Russell yeah. Westbrook, to know mm-hmm. how I personally feel, and it's just like yeah. honestly. The main reason why I, I didn't flip out before I even heard the whole story when Russell Westbrook flipped out is because it's been a pattern with fan bases that just want to mess with Russell Westbrook, whether it's that fan that came out on the court. Utah has been the worst about it. Right. You remember that one fan, Nick, that came out on a court and just, like, body-checked Westbrook, and he was just like, security, you just just let this guy walk out here? And then there was the dude who shouted at, at him as he was walking through the tunnel, and then Russell said something back, and then his, like, platinum blonde yep. wife was just like, oh, my word, I never. like, And it was just right. like, oh, my God. Like, your husband probably said some fucked up shit he shouldn't have fucking said. That's probably what happened. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so, I mean, more or less. And then very hot-headed. He is. But I have never seen him act like that to someone in the crowd. Maybe to another yeah. player. But never to someone in the crowd. Like not he looked even, like he not was even willing, on that level to another player. Right, but he looked like he was willing to risk everything <laughs> to yeah. get that guy. And if a player yeah. gets to that point, you obviously have crossed a line. Um, right. And, and, and that's truly, honestly, a, a problem. Honestly, and basketball is the only sport, really, or major sport, really, that you have that much access to the player. Right. Like, think about it. Their yeah. bench where they sit. There's literally, like, right next uh, to fans. you know, right, and a fan right behind them, like literally right behind yeah. them. So, you know, with football, you have the barricades and everything separating them. Wrestling, you have the barricades, hockey and everything. Basketball, right there. I can go and flat Westbrook in the back of the head if I wanted to. So, to me, that well, is a very big problem. It's interesting that you say that because it was, what, a week ago that the, the little kid touched him. Uh, yeah. when he was on the sidelines. <laughs> he was swung and he at turned him. around. Yeah. He was pissed, and he turned around, and he saw it was a kid. And, and he seemed to kind of use it as like a teaching moment. 
Like, I watched the video. I heard the quote first, and I was like, oh, damn, I bet the dad was too happy about him saying he needs to, like, take charge of his kids or whatever. But, it, like, in the video, it didn't look like he was being aggressive or confrontational at all. He was, And he kind of even, like, gave the kids, like, a little pat on the back or something. And he seemed like he was, like, just really cool about it, but just being like, hey, man, you, you can't. You can't reach out and touch yeah. a player like that, you know? Like, just kind of right. explain and, it yeah. to him, you know? I will say, Nick, we didn't discuss this before, but I was very disappointed in Colin Cowherd, uh, Cowherd um, for I'm going against Russell Westbrook. I'm constantly disappointed in Colin Cowherd. <laughs> oh, right. Fair enough. But um, he was trying to say Westbrook was in the wrong um, uh, for, for he chastising the He always thinks Westbrook kid. is in the wrong. He hates and he Russell said, Westbrook. Like, he said – he was saying how, like, LeBron wouldn't have done that or KD wouldn't have done yeah. that. And I'm like, dude, you can't it's compare just, it. Just, I don't – but the thing is, if Russell Westbrook does not want to be touched as a fan, you paying $100 for a ticket does not give you that right. Doesn't give you the it right. does not give you no. that right to touch him under any circumstance. Now, right. some players do high-five the, the crowd when they, when they get hyped. Some players do go over handoff cheese and stuff. But that's me – opening myself to you. You do not get the right to touch me, mainly because, again, the access that the fans have to the players, you could be about to, to try to, to take my life. I don't know. So my response could be very quick. I, I snap back. And now I look at the yeah. kid and it's like, oh, no, dude, you got to tell your kid he can't do that, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm in hostile right. territory here and you just got people touching on me, grabbing. No, man, that, that, that does not fly. Yeah. So I'm completely with Westbrook on that, man. He's been attacked a lot. Um, And I think his safety is something the the NBA needs to look at more, especially because I believe this year's playoffs is going to be very hostile. You've seen a lot of teams in the West specifically that got a lot of beef against each other. And for fans to have access that close, you got to make sure this doesn't happen, especially in those games. Yeah, well, speaking of which, um, well, one more thing. Colin Coward hates Russell Westbrook so with so much passion. It's the most ridiculous fucking like it. It's it, it's worse than Skip Bayless and LeBron. Like it is, it's that bad. Um, and like so, like I don't, I don't give any credence to anything he has to say about Russell Westbrook. It, it's just, it's, it's, it, it's just like the worst hot take bullshit ever. And I'm not saying he like does or doesn't feel that way. It's just like it's like at some point, dude. Like fucking let it go. Like you know, like you, you can quit shitting on him every fucking day, because um, you know, like he's the fucking great player. But anyway, um, that. But you lead us into a good point with the with the Western Conference playoffs and how hostile everything could be. Because um, I want to touch on that real quick, and I want to touch on the Eastern Conference if we have time. Um, there are two playoff series that I really want to see. And right now that the West is, is totally in flux. Like there's so like, but there's no telling what the standings are going to be at the end of the season right now. Cause like we got the 18 um, set, but we have no idea what order they're going to be in. I mean, right now Utah's an eight, uh, but they got a really easy schedule um, throughout the remainder of the season. So they could work their way as high as three. Um, and like, I mean, it's just, it's craziness. But here's the two things that I really want, and then I want to kick it to y'all and, and, and know what y'all really want. Um, number one, I 
definitely want to see a rematch between OKC and Utah. Um, this added element, like, and the fact that Utah got the best of them last year, and I think OKC has gotten better. Utah looks like they've maybe taken a step back. Um, I, I just think that would have all the makings for, like, a great first-round series. Um, so I would love to see that. That is probably the number one series that I'm, like, crossing my fingers for. I really want to fucking see it. Um, and I, I just want to see Russ get revenge on those fuckers so bad. Um, but uh, so I really want to see that. Um, and I'll be intrigued. The the Denver is, is only one and a half games back from Golden State right now. I'll be really intrigued if they get the number one seed. Um, Jawan, you and I talked about this last week, and, and both were kind of in agreement that we thought they would get the one seed simply because they were on a roll. They kind of stumbled a little bit lately. Working in Isaiah Thomas has been a little difficult, um, and it'll be interesting to see how they deal with that. But if Denver gets that one seed, whoever they play at the eighth seed, whether it's the Clippers or the Spurs, like, they could lose that seed, or they could lose that matchup. Because, like, Denver's, like, the weirdest team because, like, they're really fucking good. But I don't think there's a team in the West that I would say that there's no way that they, they could beat Denver. I would say any first-round matchup that they have, they could lose. Um, I would also say they could make it to the Western Conference Finals if, you know, they don't have to play Golden State. They could easily make it to the Western Conference Finals. It's just a big what if. Like, we don't know. They're just this untested, really good team. Um, so if they get the one seed um, and say have to play the Spurs, who have been there for so, so many times, regardless of what players are on that roster that have been there before and all that, um, I think it would be really interesting to see that kind of series, especially the Spurs, but even the Clippers, um, to, to, you know, see them have to face off against, uh, you know, another Western Conference team and have that pressure on them that they're the one seed and you don't want to lose. It's one thing if you lose as a two seed to a seven seed, it's a whole other thing if you lose to an eight seed as a one seed. It, it doesn't happen fucking often. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. Um, Joel, I want to kick it over to you. I know that we were talking before the show, um, you were kind of interested in Golden State, how they've been struggling as of late. Um, and, uh, and, you know, with trying to work in Cousins and their defenses look real spotty, um, Draymond just looks so much less effective um, trying to play defense alongside DeMarcus Cousins. Um, you got Steve Kerr saying, you, you know, the other night apparently saying um, he's so tired of Draymond's shit. <laughs> um, they lost a close one to the Suns. Um, who mm-hmm. has the worst record in the Western Conference, second worst record in the league? Um, where, like, what about them and, and their their team right now? Uh, do you find intriguing, and do you think that they're vulnerable? Not to lose in the first round, it's not get crazy, but like, do you think they're vulnerable right now to be taken out at some point in these? Uh, in these Western Conference uh, playoffs, I do. I, I mean, it's it's scary because <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm in another world, uh, another time. I would probably uh, not upset, but uh, happy. I'd be very happy that they're kind of struggling and 
because I was very upset when they initially signed Dream, oh, not Dream, um, Demarcus and uh, I was very mad actually. Yeah, uh, yeah, cause yeah. actually we broke that news uh, during the show. It was a very emotional time for all of us. <laughs> <laughs> no, I remember. I literally like I remember because I was on vacation and I was the the one show, the one full court pressure I've ever missed. And Jawan called me right after y'all got done with the show and was like, Nick, you won't fucking believe it. <laughs> and I was like, what? And he was like, he was like, you didn't hear? And I was like, hear what? And he was like, who DeMarcus Cousins signed with? And I was like, nah, the Lakers? And he was like, no, <laughs> the fucking Warriors. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> that hurt, man. That fucking hurt. I was, I was like, oh, this is yeah. such bullshit. I was so well, mad. Well, here's the thing. But. Here's the thing, man, uh-huh. and it still stands to this day. It's like that signing, and I said it at the time when we did our next show. Um, I think it was our very next show after that. Like that signing means more to the Warriors as far as keeping Cousins off of any other team than it meant to actually bringing him to their team. And I stand by that even more now than I did then seeing him play with them. Because, like, if, if they don't have it figured out by the playoffs, they're getting bogut. They can just bench him. And if he starts to yeah. be a problem, they can just cut him. That's true. And at that point, he can't sign with another team. So, you know, like. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I think uh, bogut's a great signing for them. Uh, he's always been a good signing for them <laughs> since he was there. <laughs> um, he's just, he's injury prone. But now that, you know, he's always going to be playing half of this season for them. Uh, it's not, it shouldn't be a big deal. I mean, they shouldn't have to worry about it. But, Bogut's always been a good defender, um, and like you said, if now with him, he's going to definitely help them on the defensive end. The Marcus could come off the – maybe not come off the bench, but get more bench minutes instead of playing with the starters, especially when they need to right. to lock down. When it comes to lockdown time, uh, they can put in Bogut and shit and, and play it that way. The Marcus can just worry about maybe uh, leaving the scoring off the bench because that bench is not very strong at the moment. But we right. fucking bench. If and anything, you know what? Uh, if if- – if Cousins is smart, he'll embrace that. Like, cause that, I agree. that will get him more shine than mm-hmm. fighting him to look stay good. in that starting lineup. Yeah, it, it really it could. Look good. It really could. Cause look, this is a big, big. Uh, this is a big season for him because he's gonna look to get a max this summer. Uh and he's looked good. That ain't happening. He's just been a. He's yeah, exactly. And he's been a real liability. Uh, um, yeah. When it comes to um, de- defensively, I'm like he obviously still has. Yeah, they put him in that pick and roll his... with Steph. Oh, and it's, Done. Just, it's yeah. over. Yeah, he definitely yeah. needs the help, and he has a good defender next to him, and even then, they can't make up for it. So it, it's what I mean. Doesn't like, matter. Yeah, he's a, it doesn't. Yeah, and it, it sucks, but and Cousins will get somewhere. Maybe maybe it is the Lakers. They can't. It won't hurt to get the Demarcus Cousins at all. Um, no, but, I think it will for all the reasons I said earlier. Yeah. I mean, it's possible. We'll, we'll see. <laughs> uh, yeah, if you get almost even if we've noticed anything, uh, he's going to hurt the defense, even if you have uh, three other good defenders on the team and <laughs> the starting lineup. Yeah, um, that that doesn't help his, his the way it looks. No, it doesn't. But yeah, I don't think he's going to get a max because of it. So yeah, it sucks. It sucks for them at least, and it sucks for me because I I still uh, look. By in a biased way, because I'm looking through my Nick goggles, right? If if the Warriors right. don't beat, you know, they don't win a championship. I just feel like Durant has less likely to leave the Warriors if they don't win. You know what I mean? Like Un- it, unfinished like, business. If he leaves, right? Yeah, for me, then he has a reason to stay. But if he wins again, they're like, ah, obviously. 
and then he'll have a reason to leave. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It doesn't mean anything to him. You know, yeah. Yeah. you can't give adversity. You can't from. give them ammunition. That's why right. I'm worried, and I, and I never cheer for the Warriors, but because of the possibility of but you're kind of cheering for the Warriors. <laughs> I'm kind of cheering for the Warriors. Yeah, it is. But no, I mean, I understand. I understand where it comes from. I don't think it matters. I think I think he's going to leave regardless. I, hope, I, hope. I think there's an I, hope so. I think there's an argument to be made on both sides. Like if he wins, uh-huh. um, like dude, you could win four in a row at that point. And if he mm-hmm. loses, he you know he 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 wants to get redemption. I don't think any of that matters to him. I think he's just tired right. of not of of playing in Steph's shadow because he's clearly the best yeah. player on that team, and yet it's not his right. team. It's Steph's team. Like and it will always it be Steph's team, and it will he be. will always be a ring behind Steph, Clay, Draymond. Like, yep, that's true. They won one before him, so like there's a there's a lot of reasons for him to leave. Um, and I think a lot of it has to do with business. Um, same kind of same thing as LeBron going to LA. I think him going to New York has right. a lot to do with that. He already moved his business headquarters to New York, um, mm-hmm. and so I think that you know should be a big big warning sign, uh, you know, similarly to, you know, we talked about LeBron buying that uh, new mansion or whatever uh, in, in L.A. And, you know, right. we, we try to, you know, kind of maybe say, oh, well, you know, he's always there in the off season and blah, 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 blah. Right. He lives like, there, yeah. blah, blah, if blah. he was just there in the off season, he would have just kept whatever place he had. He was he was getting a place where he that he would want to live in full time. You know what I mean? So, um, I do. I don't see why you would move your business to New York if you didn't plan on being in New York. Um, it just okay. doesn't make sense. Yeah, we will. Yeah, I mean, um, I hope we'll so. You know, I, I feel I, like I personally. I, I feel. <laughs> I feel like after having gone through the LeBron to the Lakers thing, I, it, I feel like I had to have learned the lesson, uh, something from that, and I feel like we're getting the same amount of red flags, um, if you want to call them that. Um, of, right. of, we're getting this, you know, same amount of circumstances. It kind of feels the same. That point to I get what you're saying. yes, that point yeah. to Katie yeah. going to New York. Um, so I, I'm not sure that matters, but I, I get where I you're got, coming I, from. Like, I, I got. I don't know. Did you hear the comments that, that uh, Charles Barkley made on on Katie and Kyrie playing in New York? No. Oh well, they asked him today about the the possibility of them going to New York, and he said today. I don't think they're tough enough to go to New York. And I'm, I read that. I'm like, you better blast that and put it everywhere so they can read it. Yeah. I want them to read yeah. that. I want them to read that yeah. just so – because nothing's going to piss them off more <laughs> than to say, yep. oh, my, what? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, put it everywhere. Blast that bitch everywhere. No, that'd be funny, yo. Yeah. No, I mean, and that's the thing, like, I kind of see where he's coming from uh, in the fact that they are sensitive when it comes to the media and the media asking them questions and whatnot. Um, Mm -hmm. But I, you know, I, I don't think, I don't think you can um, fail to point out that while the New York media is still the king of media, like Kyrie plays in Boston, also got a shit ton of beat writers, huge media that follows them. And, so does Golden State. Um, so while I'm not putting them on the same level as New York, 
I don't think it's that much different, honestly. Like, mm-hmm. and the fact that we're in such a we're we're in such a um, uh, a national media craze when it comes to the NBA nowadays, I think that almost supersedes any of the 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 local media aspect that we used to have back in the '90s and 2000s um, that New York was so famous for. I think the national media covers everything now. So I don't think I, I, it would it would be a little more over sensationalized, but I don't think it would be, I don't think the difference would be as much as people try to play it up to be. Um, right. That's just my opinion. Um, but Jawan, uh, Western Conference, you know, what are you looking at? Um, you know, as far as uh, any sort of matchups you want to see, or, or just the team in particular that you want to highlight. I want to go with OKC and uh, Portland. Uh, they got really, ah. really, really chippy last time that they played. They um, did. And it, one thing that they have not been able to neutralize um, the last two times that they played each other is um, the tag team of Lillard and, and McCollum. Like, what's going to have to happen is – Still been able to win those time. games, though. Yeah, very true. Very true. Very true. Um, over the course of a seven-game series, PG is going to have to take one of them. Like, he's going to have to be the equivalent of a shutdown corner. Um, but yep. what's difficult about doing it in basketball is OKC is asking Paul George to not only, like, guard the best player, but also drop 30. So, like, it's the yeah. idea of asking him to it's be both Scotty and Michael Jordan. So, it's like, you got to pick yep. one, man. <laughs> I'm not about to kill yeah. myself. In, in the first two rounds, like, you guys need me 100% if we can get to the Western Conference Finals or the Finals. So you can't ask me to be Pippen and, and Jordan um, because I have to focus very hard on one or the other. Like, I, I have to give you elite in one or the other. Um, so it's going to be really interesting because it, it seems like over the course of seven games, McCollum and Lillard is going to be a very large headache for that OKC team. Um but in response to what Joel was saying about um, Golden State, I think this year, more than any other year, what frustrates me the most is that, <clears throat> excuse me, is that this team has been playing like a third or fourth best team in the West. Um, but since they're Golden State, they're the number one team in the West. And it's like yeah. it's so confusing. Right. It's like on their worst day, they're still the best team in the, in the, in the West. And that's the hardest mm-hmm. conference. It's the West. So it's, just, it's so frustrating, man. It's just so frustrating. So it's like I can never really totally, you know, figure out exactly what to take from, like, if they go through a rough patch or if it seems there's a distraction in the locker room or they're not getting along. Because with all that, they are still the number one team in the West. It's, it's, it's so confusing. It, it, it's so confusing. Um, but last point to what you were saying, Nick, about, excuse me, Denver, my biggest concern watching that Denver-Golden State game, even though, listen, a lot of teams lose to Golden State, so I'm not taking that too far. But I kind of feel like the biggest kryptonite to Denver is going to be experience. It's going to be experience. So whether it's first Mm -hmm. round or second round, whoever they run up to that has more experienced veterans on that team, uh, it's going to be really tough for those guys. Like, it does not seem like these guys, like, I feel like when they get in the moment, it's really going to shock them of the moment. Like, you're home. You have that home court advantage. You're, you're, you know, your crowd is looking for you to, to win this game in four, head to the next round. 
and you're going to run up to that team that hits you in the mouth, like that gets real physical. It'll be the equivalent mm. to like um, in football when you play playoff uh, football where the, the corners start attacking you at the line rather than giving you that space that they might have in the regular season. They're going to look to hit right. you in the mouth and see how you respond. And this team doesn't sure. look like it responds that well to being hit in the mouth. So that's going to be really interesting to see. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's so weird because they've been so good all season despite uh, so many injuries. And, like, that usually is, like, a thing that, like, teams, like, rally around and it gets other various players' experience. But they really do, for whatever reason, don't feel I, – I don't feel right trusting them. And, and it's like, you know, I, I don't have that same problem with the Bucks. Not that I necessarily think the Bucks are going to be the team that comes out of the East, but I would, I would put it this way: I would be less surprised if the Bucks won the East than if the Nuggets just made it to the Western Conference Finals. Like that would surprise me a lot more. Like, and and they're and they're kind of like similar, at least in the fact that they're both teams that have to prove themselves. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, I I totally get where you're coming from with Denver. I mean, uh, they're they're gonna have to step up. They're gonna have to prove it. Um, Jokic is gonna have to, you know, not be a total liability on defense. He's gonna have to be magnificent on the other end. Um, and I don't know. It's gonna be really interesting. Gary Harris just needs to step up his play too because he, he hasn't looked great since he's come back from that injury. Um, and uh, and they got to figure out what they're doing with Isaiah Thomas. Because if he's not helping you, then don't fucking play him. Like, I mean, Juwan, we, you and I talked about this a couple weeks ago. Like, we, we were all about giving the guy a shot. But if he's not helping you, don't fucking play him. Like, we, I mean, we were very clear about that, you know. Um, and, you know, Monty Morris has been so solid as their backup point guard all season. Um, like, if – Isaiah Thomas doesn't start to turn it around. Um, you know, I'm not even opposed to putting him in, like plug, like say you're down seven in the, you know, at the end of the third quarter, and they got their bench unit out there. Like, sure, plug Isaiah Thomas in, see what he can get you. But like, if he's not, if he's not giving you, you know, um, elite offense or, or at least six man level offense. Um, then he's not worth anything to you. Um, like if he's missing shots, he's not worth anything to you because it doesn't give you anything else. So, like I, they got they got some things they got to figure out, um, which I think kind of hurts them as well. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean we'll we'll see how that uh, how that kind of plays out. It's going to be really interesting. Like I said, they're the they're the toughest team for me to peg because I don't know if I should have them losing in the first round. Or I could see him making it all the way to the Western Conference Finals. Like, and I don't think there's another team that I have that much flexibility with, um, in, you know, anywhere in the playoffs. So, um, but yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, let's let's touch on the East real quick. Um, so as of now, uh, there's still this this uh, jumble uh, at the bottom of the East. Uh, Orlando just can't fucking help themselves man <laughs> like I, I swear mm-hmm. those fucking Florida teams it's like neither one of them really wants to be there like, they're just like I think I'll take the draft pick um, but mm-hmm. the Pistons have surprisingly 
and I guess I shouldn't say yeah. surprisingly because I think all three yeah, of us I picked will. them to make the playoffs. I know I did. No, yeah, Joel, you did. I did too. But yeah. I'm still surprised because <laughs> they hadn't. They, they went up yeah, I'm surprised. Year. I'm surprised how well they've been playing. They um, oh, over right. the last six games. Yesterday, at least. They, <laughs> right until yesterday, but before that, um, over the course of their last uh, 15 games, I should say, before that, right. um, they had the best uh, point differential in the league. Um, they were averaging 119 points a game. Over that 15-game stretch, yeah, uh, they've been the best had team a, in the league since the yes, break. exactly, and that's fucking crazy. Um, and the biggest reason why is Blake Griffin. Um, he has undoubtedly etched his name on that third-team All NBA for, forward list for me at this point. Um, so, spoiler alert for my uh, um, awards at the end of the season. Um, he he's there right now. Um, mm-hmm. and he might even make it up to second team because the way Kawhi Leonard, like, just decides to play games and not play games and everything else, Jawan, you always say, like, the, the most important thing is availability because if you ain't playing, you ain't worth shit. Um, Blake Griffin hasn't fucking not played this year. I'm not, I don't know if he's played every game or anything, but, like, he has he hasn't missed any extended time. He's actually been healthy this year, um, and he's been just as fucking impressive as Kawhi Leonard. I think Kawhi Leonard's a much better player, but like the season that Blake Griffin is having, playing the point forward for this team, it's been fucking remarkable. Um, Reggie uh, Davis over over this uh, course over the, over that fifteen game stretch shooting forty five percent from three. Um, Andre Drummond has seemed to figure it out. He's got one of the highest player efficiency ratings since the all-star break. I think he's seventh on that list, I think. Um, Seventh or eighth. I can't remember exactly. Um, But he's up there. This team is looking really fucking good, and I really want to see them play Philly. Like, you got that Drummond and B beef. Um, You got them playing really fucking well. Uh, I just think that matchup would be so much fun and Ben Simmons go up against Blake Griffin. Um, dude, that would just be a lot of fun. That would be that would actually be like a, a, a first round um series that <laughs> I actually would enjoy watching in the Eastern Conference. And I didn't think I was gonna be able to enjoy any of the Eastern Conference first round. Um I think Sixers Pistons would be a really fun series and like on the Super low key. I would give the Pistons like a ten percent chance of winning that series. I like. I don't think they would, obviously, but I would feel like they have at least a chance. Um, and it would just be fun. Like I, I think, especially because of Embiid and Drummond. And I think ultimately that's why I only give them ten percent. It's just because Embiid just just good. He he would just have so much confidence going into that series. Um, like he just he he's he knows that he plays well against Drummond, um, and so I mean I think that would be a huge factor. Uh, but no, that would be really fun, and that's what I'm really crossing my fingers for. I hope the Pistons, uh, the Sixers keep that three seed that they've um, now put themselves in position for, um, and the Pistons uh, creep up to that six seed. And it seems a reason why they would. Um, because even though Brooklyn has reclaimed the sixth seed uh, after uh, Detroit's loss last night, Brooklyn has the hardest 
strength of schedule uh, out of right. any team in the NBA for the remainder of the season. Uh, Detroit is 12th. Uh, and if you're looking at the three seed, um, Indiana uh, has the sixth toughest strength of schedule for the remainder of the season. Uh, Boston has mm. its 15th, and Philly is 26th. Um, so it stands to reason that Philly would, would get that sixth seed, and as long as Indiana doesn't like fall off a cliff all the way down to the sixth seed, which I would not expect them to do. That's just too many games to lose. I would think Detroit will end, end up in that sixth seed, and we could get that first-round matchup. And I think Indy and Boston would be a fun one, too. I mean, I think Boston would inevitably kick the shit out of them. But I, I think that you know Indy could give them – a couple good games um, in that series. Uh, but, yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to in the first round of the East because there's not much else to look forward to. Uh, but, Joel, uh, what are your thoughts on uh, any team you want to highlight uh, coming out of the East? So you don't have to focus on a matchup that you don't want. Like if you want to check out a team um, or whatever. Yeah, I won't focus on any specific matchup at the moment, but uh... – I am intrigued by that. Like you were saying, like the Florida teams don't seem to want it. <laughs> Not hard enough, at least. They're right next to each other, and it's kind of frustrating. Like somebody take that hold of the eighth spot and run with it, but they won't. They keep right. screwing up. They're like the, they have the <laughs> same record in the last ten games. They're both 500, five and five, five yeah. and five the last ten games. Uh, and they're losing yep. to like terrible, and like the some terrible that are teams. Fucking like, three and seven. Like it's like, damn, we don't really right there. don't want it. <laughs> We yeah. didn't trust them. Yeah, I didn't no, trust them in the beginning of the season. The I didn't trust them halfway through the season. <laughs> nope. And I'm not trusting them now. Um, nope. I, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the Wizards pass them. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying it probably not. It probably, I'm not saying it will, but it's a possibility. Um, but yeah, that's that actually what it is. <laughs> no, and Charlotte, Charlotte, like yesterday they got their asshole, but they did have like three or four starters out. Um, but, you know, yeah. Detroit has, has intrigued the shit out of me. Uh, we both had them, or we may have, all three may have had a, uh, Detroit in the, in the playoffs. Um, I did at I least. Think we did. And I think we all did, but I'm not sure. Um, yeah. I thought they'd at least make the eighth, uh, eighth seed, seventh seed. I forget where exactly I had them. And I posted it the other day, too. Um, but I felt like they had enough talent. And, of course, with the coach, um, damn, what's his name? I forgot the coach's name. Um, good coach, obviously a good coach. Dwayne Casey, uh, coach of the year last year, obviously with a good coach and now with good talent, you, you you should they should equal out. Problem is their depth wasn't very good. It, it was just it wasn't working, and it took a little bit for them to find their. And rhythm. you know what? Uh, and you know what? what? The other thing too what? is <laughs> we like we just like thought, what the fuck are they doing at the deadline trading off Bullock and Johnson? Like you trade right. all your wings. What the fuck are you doing? And then they go out and find Wayne Ellington. And we were like, why the yep. fuck are you going there, Wayne Ellington? And, <laughs> hey, it all fucking worked out, it right? <laughs> like, it did. It somehow worked he's out. He's playing You're well for them. Right. Luke Kennard is he playing is better starting. now that he doesn't have Bullock to compete with. Um, That's right. So I'm not saying, like, I'm not saying, like, you know, they were genius or anything or whatever. No. But, like, small, what they did ended up moves. working out. So, right. you know, yeah. I guess it's I mean, just by the means. 
the bench is still not formidable, even though Kennard is playing a lot better than he was in the beginning of the year. Yes, I don't think that's a big reason. Why. And, Ga- and Galloway, like Galloway, I love Galloway. Like, I know you love Galloway. <laughs> I I love Galloway. Yeah, he's a former Nick. We we brought him into the league, so yeah, I'm a big fan of Langston Galloway. Um, so I'm happy to see him doing some um playing well. Uh, Ish Smith is always a good backup point guard since he's been in the league. Uh, Don Maker's been eh, since he's been there, unfortunately. Uh, and then patchouli has been in and out. And Glenn Robinson the third has been in and out of rotation as well. And they've been starting Bruce Brown, the rookie at, at small forward, who's finally starting to produce. Because there was a while there where Bruce Brown wasn't yeah. really doing much except maybe defending. <laughs> but he's finally starting right. to do stuff. Uh, he's, he's earning his starting job now. Um, and, and it's working out for Dwayne Casey. So I'm very happy for the Pistons uh, finally, you know, doing their thing. Um but, yeah, that's really what it comes down to. I hope Miami, Orlando, one of the two. I hope for Miami mostly because I want to see Dwayne Wade make it into the playoffs more so than I want Orlando to make the playoffs. Um, but mm-hmm. that's probably where I'm leading. But we'll see. And Brooklyn, let me say one more thing before I, I, I move off this. Brooklyn, is, they're not a bad team. They're obviously a decent team. They're a pretty good team. Yeah. Um, but they're, they're, their lineup sometimes really messing with me because I'm like, they just benched. Callis Levert for Alan Crabb, and I'm not sure why. I, I mean, saw he that. Play well, yesterday. I, yeah, I don't, I don't get why. Whatever. I mean, for the longest time, they were starting this dude Travion Graham, a powerful, and it was bothering the shit out of me until he got hurt. Yeah, I think he got hurt, and then Karooks came back into the lineup, and I'm like, that makes makes more right. sense. And since they put him back in the lineup, he's at winning least like I'm just saying six eight. Yeah, at least you know, and the, the Trevion Graham is like six five. I mean, that's made no sense yeah. to me. But he's basically so, a so guard. <laughs> right, exactly, and that's why uh, their lineup sometimes bother me. But they are a good team. I'm not gonna. I don't want to take it away. But sometimes their lineups be, be bugging. Yeah, they they're they are weird with their lineup construction. I, I, yeah, I definitely agree in in that in that sense. And. The guy get that you were like committed to the youth and everything, but like seeing Kenneth right. Fareed like ball out now in Houston, right. it's like he probably could have been doing some of that for you all season, and maybe you could That's have actually traded him instead of just cutting him and not getting anything for him. <laughs> right. just saying, that was you know. that was um, that was a smart, in my opinion. Yeah, he's balling, um, especially. Yeah, I mean, especially you know, you you obviously have Jared Allen who you want to get minutes, but like after that, like he he could have easily yeah. been giving you you know sixteen minutes off yeah. the bench as your backup center. Um, yeah, I know and they then like just working Davis, in anywhere else. Honestly, yeah, like, but like, like, come on, right? I'm just saying, I agree, I agree with you. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I I like Ed Davis. Like he's a fine player. I do. Like, too. I get it, but he's like. Fine. Solid. I, I would have been trying to maximize Fareed's minutes so that I could maybe see if I could get any sort of trade value out of him. Um, like, I mean, you weren't going to get a first rounder, but maybe you could have gotten a second um, or, or maybe two seconds, depending on how good they are. Um, like that, I don't feel like that's that far fetched. Um, so yeah, I mean, I just, I felt like that, you know, early on in the season kind of baffled me. Um, but yeah, uh, I, but I do like a lot of their pieces. Um, obviously they're they're healthy again and that's good. Um, but yeah, Levert uh, on the bench is I mean I guess he's he's still they're still working him back from his injury and he's not been a hundred percent. So you know I kind of right, get right. it in that respect. Um, and maybe maybe it's just a a, a, a notion of 
Um, he wants to operate more with the ball in his hands, and that doesn't isn't congruent with, with Russell um, now that Russell's really come on. So I feel like there are some factors at play here that, that maybe explain it or offer up some semblance of, a, of an explanation there. Um, but I would hope to see him back in the starting lineup uh, by the end of the season. Like, I hope it's just because he's he's just getting back from his injury. Because um, that dude definitely deserves to be a starter. He's fucking good. Like, he's really good. And Alan Crabb, he is. like, I don't care if you're paying him $18.5 million. He does not deserve <laughs> to be a starter on any team in the NBA. So, um, but, uh, but yeah, um, that they're, they're going to be interesting, man. They got a really tough schedule down the stretch. I don't, I don't think, honestly, I don't think it's a given that they make the playoffs at this point, just because of how tough their schedule is down the stretch. I would be, I, I'm still betting on them, um, because, you know, they are what, four and a half games up from, from the magic at nine. Um, yeah, that's just going to be hard with so so few games to like get there. Um, but it's not. I don't. I don't feel like I wouldn't call them a lock yet. Um, I'd still consider them a team in flux. I mean, like we said, they have the hardest schedule of any team going down the stretch of the season. Right. So, but they have one four straight, and you know they uh, yeah. they seem to be kind of getting back to form. So uh, yeah, they we'll they're we'll how it all works out. Yeah. Yeah, the next three games is gonna be tough. You know, Thunder, Jazz, Clippers. So they need to win at least one of them. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like, just like make make you know benchmarks, small steps. Like that's exactly mm-hmm. what I would be telling them if I was their coach. I was like, we need to win one of these. If we get any more than that, like great. But like, we need to win yeah. one. Um, so put a yeah. little pressure on them, but not too much. You know. Um, right. But yeah. Uh, it's going to be fun, man. It's Take going to be fun yeah. seeing, seeing who makes it in. And then the Western Conference, mm-hmm. the first round is going to be fun. And then, you know, once we get to the second yeah. round, man, all those series are going to be pretty fun. Um, you know, let's just – well, for me, my sake, I'm going to cross my fingers that the Warriors don't look – don't just flip a switch and look like just <laughs> the fucking worlds above Dynamite. everybody else. Yeah, because, right. I mean, that could always happen. But you know we'll we'll have to play it by ear. Uh, but anyway, uh, Joel, as always, even though you were late tonight, um, I was. I won't I was hold late. it against you. Um, no, nah, man. That. Seriously, thanks for joining uh, the show tonight. Uh, what? What? By the way, what was the news? You were like, you were like, oh, Odell shit, Beckham Jr. Odell Beckham Jr. Oh. got traded to the Browns. Yeah. <laughs> oh. So yeah. Shit. <laughs> Yeah. Damn. yeah. So I that's why I that said, coming. yeah, I got to say, oh, shit. <laughs> was like, yeah, that's my, that's my guy. So I heard a little bit. We did get some yeah. value back, though. We got a first. I would hope so. And Jabril, Jabril Peppers. So I'll take it. You know, it is what it is. Ah. Yeah, yeah. No, that's not yeah. a bad trade at all. Um, yeah, no. you know, best of both teams there. Uh, at least you're yeah. not, you know, out there cutting the greatest kicker of all time, like my team. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, anyway, we're going to leave it there. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday. Luke and I, I think, are going to do our next mock draft. Uh, I feel like that's what's going to be happening. We're going to bring that down the pipe. Uh, Dane's going to be on Wednesday with another episode of Wrestling Geeks Alliance. So be sure to check that out tomorrow at 7. Uh, and then, right. as always, Geek Vibes Live. 
this Sunday at 8 o'clock. We also got our Captain Marvel review up, so you can go check that out. We got another episode of Geeks Against the Grain, where I defended The Last Jedi to my dying breath. Uh, so you can check that out as well. It's all up there, so just uh, wherever you listen, just go find the most recent episodes, and it'll be there. Uh, we'll see you Thursday. Until then, peace. Peace.